0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV. Do you know when he was at school? (laughs) No, when he was at school, right? So say he was about 16, 17, right? And he was like the lanky fat kid, right? And if someone said to you then, do you know in 2023, you're going to be on the front cover of Men's Health magazine, what would you have said to that person?
1: The thing is, I don't know whether it's arrogance or delusion. I would have said, probably will, to be fair. Like, that is, you you have to understand, like, I'm a weird geezer in that respect. Like, I think now, in a few years, I will probably be in some of the biggest films around. Huh? And I might even have an album out, like, but people will listen to that and and think this, like, but I don't know, that's just, I love doing things that seem like a complete impossibility. So writing a book was one of them. That was a funny one for me where it was like, you'll never write a book. You were terrible at school. You barely passed GCSE English you're not going to write a book and I write a book. Then I want to make it like as big as possible. So I promote it and push it as hard as I can become Sunday times, bestseller, et cetera. Then obviously i start training and men's health say, do you want to be a columnist? I thought that's amusing. I was like, I don't want to be a columnist. I want to be on the front cover. Everyone's like, Ed, as if you're going to be on the front cover of men's health, you're a 44 year old chubby geezer with a receding barnet. I'm like, no, I will be. Lo and behold, the column's the biggest column they've got, and next thing they're asking me to go on the front cover. Lo and behold, the delts and the traps are popping out everywhere, and here we are. Are you doing all this natural? So, are you doing all this natural? We've got to ask. Do you know how many people
0: do you question? Everyone else. About the the only me?
1: thing. The only thing people keep talking about T.R.T., which is testosterone replacement. Never even had a testosterone te- test. I know it's hard to believe that this kind of stuff comes naturally, but let me tell you, hard work and listen. I'm not exactly ripped to shreds. Do me a favor, but creatine every day and protein. That's it. Oh, natural, baby. Okay. But it is like, can you imagine the group chat with your mates, like all, like they're all posting pictures of the magazine going, are you, like that is most people got, like even you, put on my Instagram fair play can't even abuse you for this one or something like that do you know what I mean but I feel good it's been good it's been um you know this is our yearly recap isn't it of of 2024 2023 and you know like like everything you know when people go I just posted a minute ago just put because there's so many cheesy posts isn't it you know yeah, just like you know, oh, yeah, like, you follow, you know when follow your about like
0: Actions you know. over words and all that shit. Do you know what I mean?
1: What did you post again? No, but that was that was simple, oh, yeah. and what that meant was I'm not going to write you a post about how challenging 2023 was and 2024 was all about overcoming your dreams, living life to the footlight, just actions over words. Simple, because there's too many words. It's sometimes, isn't? I'm probably the most guilty. Too many words, not enough action. So for me, twenty twenty four is just about doing not even what I promised to necessarily to always to people, sometimes, but what I promise to myself. And if you don't, you let life pass you by, and you'll be sitting here twelve months time going, oh, "I said I was going to do that, but I actually didn't do it, did I?" And here I am again. Nothing's actually changed.
0: Let's um. Let's both rate your uh, 2023. So, if we're going to... What are do... we rating it out of? No, we're going to oh, do I it out of 10. 10. 10, right? Out of 10, right? I would give you, as a promoter of uh, wonderful sport of boxing, as a promoter, I would give you, in 2023, a six
1: and a half. Shut up. A six Shut and a half.
0: Shut up.
1: Mate. How can, I, can you give me a six? So what you are giving everyone else like a four? No, no. What I'm saying
0: is, do you know what? If you really read between the lines here, there's a compliment in there. What in what I just said to you? Oh, I'm giving yeah. you a six and a half out of ten. Right? I'm not going to start giving you eights and nines because then what is that? What the best we're going to get from you?
1: Do you fucking well, no? Because there's still fire or die. I mean, I just want respect. That's all.
0: Right. So what would you rate your your 2023 as a promoter?
1: An eight. I think we had a we had a decent first half. It was a little bit quiet, and I think we had a stonking back back end of the year. Like I think the run was unbelievable. Like I keep saying, it's boring. To say it. You can't compare our our run to other people's and not say it's head and shoulders above. Yeah, so, but,
0: Eddie. Can I say one thing? Yeah. So there's two different things to this right? Just because. It's like you feel like you're pipping everyone else. It doesn't mean you're
1: doing the best to what you can do. No, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. But what I'm saying is if you're giving me a six and a half, you have to give others like twos and threes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but forget about everyone. Else. I think I don't think that's fair. I think seven at best. I think, seven seven I should, best. I think I should probably be a nine, right? Because it's like unbelievable, but you can always do better. We want to leave that little bit of room for improvement. But then don't tell me anyone else has had an eight. I mean, you could say PBC maybe had an eight. You know, I mean, well, obviously our new partners at Queensborough have to give them the respect now as well, you know. But I don't know. I think another thing for 2024 is run your own race. Oh,
0: don't t- compare t- yourself
1: t- to other people. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, look, I, I would say to you, I would say this to you. IFL. Well, let's rate your year.
0: Three, four. Why? Just I don't know. Just but my my stuff is kind of dependent on your stuff, if that makes sense, yeah? So if you <laughs> So it's
1: my fault you're a three. If oh, you, I see. No, hold on um, a minute. I, <laughs> how does this always come back to blaming me for your That's three for sure. out of ten? No, oh, I haven't had a good year. I'll tell you what. Let's blame Eddie Hearn. That no, let's do that because it's all
0: dependent on him. But he's a little bit dependent, not just on yourself, but obviously the other promoters in the in the the country and the world. But if you smashed, if I give you a nine, I'm giving myself like a six or a seven. So no, I don't think we deserve a nine. I don't.
1: I think eight's fair. Eight's fair. Like we still need to do. Just the market's changing. Like it's just. It's very expensive to do massive fights. Really expensive. And if they don't work financially, it's just very difficult to get them off the ground. I and mean, that's why, obviously, the relationship in Saudi is going to be so important moving forward because they have the ability to make the fights instantly. And you saw that. with I mean, Joshua Wilder, I know, obviously lost, but that was a great example of, you know, they made it instantly, effectively. So... Yeah, I think um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the new... I'm really excited about a lot of our younger fighters coming through. That's where I get a lot of our enjoyment. You know, seeing them achieve, seeing them change their lives, achieve their dreams. And I think it's going to be a very interesting year for boxing all around.
0: Let's go back to last weekend. Obviously, uh, I I did about three or four minutes with you because everyone was kind of rushing to get out of... um, the arena to get on their flights home but um yeah i mean for yourself a very successful night apart from i'll say the fact that the plans for uh, the Joshua Wilder fight got thrown into to whatever so look where are where are we with this at the moment Have you has there been any conversations about this fight still potentially taking place
1: no the fight's dead i mean right, right for now, now. listen yeah. yeah, you never you never know what's going to happen in the future. But we had both signed contracts to announce the fight that night. So, obviously, subject to everybody winning. So, when Wilder lost, it was like, what the fuck? You know, we had to go into the change room with Josh. And he was like, he just lost. I'm like, yeah. It's like, fuck. Oh. So... You know, look, don't worry about that. You do do your thing. And obviously, he did his thing, outstandingly. And the fight's dead, for now. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? So, um, literally, since I left the venue that night, to about 20 minutes ago, I've been speaking to His Excellency non-stop to decide what we're going to do. Obviously, AJ is the hot commodity right now you know you've got Fury and Usyk already locked in but you know we we're planning our next move and those conversations have been evolving since that night to be honest with you um as we plan a busy 2024
0: Joshua said after the after his win against uh, Otto Wallin that if Wildwood still wanted it he'd still be interested in in having yeah. that fight I, I, look, I get what you're saying. Look, he's lost, and obviously that's it's obvious why this fight you're saying is dead right now. But c- can you list me someone else he could fight that is either better than Wilder, or a better fight than Wilder, or more a uh, fight with more
1: interest than still Deontay Wilder? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Again, I don't rule it out. It's just that the people who wanted to put the fight on no longer see that as the fight that is is the fight that it was. So, obviously, the negotiations that have taken place up till that point to agree the deal, the numbers don't work now because Wilder's a busted flush at the moment. Now, I know that Deontay Wilder always has the punch, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but it's a mismatch, AJ, against him at the moment, in my opinion. And, and what we saw last week was the reason that I've always fancied that fight because... If you listen to every interview I've ever given you outside of his power, and I'm not saying his power is overrated, but but I don't rate him. I've said this so many times. And when you look at his resume, I don't know how many more times I've got to say, he hasn't beaten anyone. He's beaten Luis Ortiz, right, who is a very, very old, arguably elite heavyweight, top 10, I would say, when they fall. Maybe not now. Actually, definitely not now. But that is it and I'm not trying to be critical i've just I, I've never really got it so exciting so entertaining great interviews bomb squad love it I think it's amazing but he ain't in AJ's league and I was delighted for joseph Parker but unfortunately he got the chance to do what I believe we would have done which was win every round and i think may probably knock him out but so, right now, we have three fights that we're in discussions uh, for. They're all big. Um, and that doesn't involve Deontay Wilder for March. Our aim, and we've, we've expressed this, is to fight the winner of Furiousic. That That's all we want to do. You know, obviously, there's the Hergovic fight out there um, for the, the world heavyweight title. There's uh, there's a Francis Ngarnu fight out there, which would be absolutely colossal. Uh, um, you know, there's other heavyweights as well. There's a Zhang fight, possibly, as well with Queensbury. But, but Parker? Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, it's difficult. We, we fought Parker, beat him, unified against him. It was five years ago, whatever it was. But Joseph's definitely earned the right for a big fight. He's just beaten Deontay Wilder. So we don't rule that out either.
0: Um, Andy Ruiz was there, obviously ringside. Um, made a couple of comments about looking for that fight, but I'm assuming that's not really on your radar right now, Andy Ruiz. No, I mean we've had loads
1: of people come. I mean, where was the other one piping up the other day, Frank Sanchez? Was like, you know, I mean, with all due respect, like we we do have a plan, and these are all great heavyweights: Andy Ruiz, Frank Sanchez, Joseph Parker. But really, the only thing. The, AJ, the, the things that AJ wanted, wants to do is be in massive fights win the World Heavyweight title and fight Tyson Fury or get another crack at Usyk, I mean that's what Ben wants Ben wants another crack at Usyk, for me obviously I'd love the Fury fight, but that is really, and then, you know when you look at fighting in March fighting in September you know maybe two fights against a Fury Usyk winner, who knows that you talking four or five fights down the line. That may be it. You know, I mean, I, he looked amazing last week. But five fights is another year and a half, nearly two years. So how much longer are you going to go? But right now, we're really excited about 2024.
0: What um I mean, look, the sensible thing, it seems for you to kind of pursue that route with the IBF and see what happens, obviously, as a result of Fury etc. Because, again, Joshua's comments in the, the fight week were about wanting to become a, a three-time world champion and it's about who's got the belt rather than whoever else around it. He wants to win another world title.
1: He does. Yeah, he does. I mean, I think that's very... Uh, you know, a lot has to happen by March to make that possible with Hergovic because obviously Furiousic are fighting in the middle of February. Are they going to be able to keep the belt? Do they have to let it go? Is Joshua just going to replace Wally in in the rankings? Is he the next to vote? Like, there's a lot of discussion. So if that's in play for March, that fight is definitely a possibility. Maybe that's a fight that when everything plays out could be one for the summer. But as I said, our conversations right now are about mapping out and planning out AJ's next, honestly, like four or five fights. That's what we're trying to do now, to have a clear plan to map out his 2024 and potentially the rest of his career. He's had a good,
0: I'll say a good 2023 um, in the wins over Franklin um, Hellenius and now Wallin as well but we we know Joshua's above these fighters that he's been fighting but it's took, taken us till now to kind of say that now because obviously back-to-back losses against Utec but do you anticipate him fighting
1: three times in 2024? Yeah, I mean I think he's going to fight in March then I guess he fights in like August, September. So whether it's three times in the calendar year or three times, you know, from March to March, something like that, you know, I mean, I would just say that is that a great year. I think, you know, to fight three times as a heavyweight and one of the biggest names in the sport is a great achievement. Obviously, the while in victory was his most impressive and his best performance as well. And, you know, I think that, when we say, oh, well, he's levels above them, you know, he should be should be getting rid of them. Like, the, the way that he did it against Wilding, I think, needs a huge amount of praise, to be honest with you. As a performance, I think everybody in boxing is giving him that. But, you know, we like I said, we really go into 2024 with our tails up and excited.
0: Well, what's the route for Fury now? How does this happen? And Fury, let's just say, hypothetically, Fury beats Ousek on Feb 17th. What, what's the route there for you to try and manoeuvre that fight?
1: But very simple. I mean, we just have to keep winning. So if Fury beats Usyk, they have two fights. So Fury beats U- Usyk in February. They fight again in, I don't know, August, September, whenever it's going to be. We fight the winner. But we have, to, we have to keep winning. You know, if AJ wins in March and then wins against Hergovich or whoever it's going to be, twice, that fight is huge. If Fury beats Usyk, AJ against Usyk, uh, Fury, is absolutely colossal. Colossal. And I believe, you know, I said he's going to beat Wilder, he's going to beat Wilder, and then he's going to beat Fury. Obviously, for now, the Wilder fight is parked, but he's going to win in March, he's going to then win again in the summer, and then he's going to beat Tyson Fury. That I can, That's that's how I believe it will play out, and if it's not Fury, maybe we get another crack at Usyk. But, you know, like I said, for us it's just about mapping out that year, and that's what we're doing at the moment.
0: Do you see this as a long-term um, situation with Ben Davison now? We know kind of the comments of why he was training with uh Ben prior to this while in fight but do you see this as a long-term thing now?
1: I don't know. I mean look, he's had a great relationship, has got a great relationship with Derek James. The main thought process behind this camp was is he was already training with Ben ticking over. And then we announced the fight six weeks before. So to go out to um Texas and then fly all across the time zones to Saudi was just impossible. So But obviously it's been very successful with Ben and I'm sure the team will chat and decide what they feel is best for them. For 2024,
0: do you see every single major fight that you'll be involved with happening over in the Middle East in Saudi, yeah?
1: No. No, No, definitely not. I mean, you know, it's very important. This is what I said about Eubank Ben. We have to make sure that major fights happen in England, Ireland, wherever, closer to home, you know. And whether that's Taylor Cameron 3, whether that's Wood Warrington, whether that's Eubank Ben, like, we have to make sure. And and the opportunities to stage major fights in Saudi are there. And the, the cards that we're working on at the moment are incredible. But we do understand that this is our main market. Well, UK is our main market. And we have to make sure that we keep the profile of the sport Raised in our country, and we do that by a great fight nights, but also great mega fight nights as well, and that's important.
0: Do you see the possibility of um, shows happening here that are Saudi backed? Uh,
1: maybe. I mean, I don't really see the the strategy in that for them. You know, unless there's a bigger strategy in the sport, which is very possible. But right now, I think it's all about, you know, particularly everyone seeing the focus around Riyadh season. It's been incredible in terms of, you know, an entertainment spectacle, not just in boxing, but in all sports. So during that period of what is, what, September to March, that's a huge six-month period where we've already had Joshua and Garnu, Joshua Wiley in the Day of Reckoning card, Fury against Usyk, and probably Joshua against someone in March. So, I mean, that, that's the six-month run. And I think it's only going to get bigger as we go into the next reality. Now, what they will do outside of that, I don't know. You know, that's, that's the strategy to unfold. Um, but I think it would make most sense for them to obviously base their events in Saudi. But it depends on what they're thinking about boxing on the whole. Um, did you get a text off Frank Warren on Christmas Day? No, not Christmas Day. But obviously, we were on the same flight on Christmas Eve. So, you know, we landed together on Christmas Eve and it was funny, you know, we had basically all the Matchroom team, all the Queensbury team, everyone was on that same flight, that 9.50 or whatever it was, back from Saudi to London. So it was good. It was actually, it was a really good vibe, you know, like, honestly, it was like, that was a great show. Um, Yeah, just like, it was, it was good. It was nice. You know, I think... um, everyone realised that we all worked together and it was a big success. Obviously, we had our wins on the night that we were buzzing about. And um, I think there's, you know, we've all been speaking to his excellency non-stop. He's got the Furiousic card coming up. You know, we've got fights that we were talking about for undercards. He's got fights that he's talking about for March. We're talking about March, April, you know, like, so I, it's not going to stop there. Um And like I said, like the opportunity, it's not like his excellency has no interest in like who said what on IFL with all due respect. It's like, look guys, I want these, these are the fights that I want to make. Do you want to do it with me? So, you know, and obviously AJ headlined in December and he's going to headline again in March, most likely. So, but it's not just the AJ fight. These cards that are being built are unbelievable. And they involve a lot of different people and different promoters. And nobody cares what role they have as long as their fighters are getting the opportunity and they're a part of it.
0: I was going to ask about that. So, so for March, it is, you say, very likely that it will be that card. Cause I think I saw some comments from Frank Warren about him talking about that March 9th card. Saying that you know it's in the works now. Obviously, after what happened with Wilder, that almost like a bit of a like a reshuffle to see who's actually going to be on that card. But you're saying that Joshua will most likely headline that event. There's,
1: you know, obviously that was the original plan. So we'll have to see, but that is definitely a date that we're still focused on. You know, and obviously not just AJ, but potentially. You know, I mean, I've seen the plans, and you know, I've been working on them and with Frank and. He's got a lot of fighters on a like it's just you know, but things have got to progress. And I'm not gonna to say too much, other than hopefully these plans materialise for March. And I think it will be another night to remember. Will you have your other fighters on both of them cards in February, March? Uh February possibly, if we if we need the ability to do that, March definitely, yes. Um, subject to it all going ahead. Who
0: was your Fighter of the year for twenty twenty three. You can actually do two. You can do one for your fighters and then you can do one for outside of your fighters.
1: Okay, so for my fighters, I would have to go for Devin Haney. In order, yeah. Or yes. Yeah. yeah, do a top three. Devin okay. Haney, Jesse, Bam Rodriguez, and. I'd probably say Katie Taylor. Not AJ. Not AJ in there. No, I think AJ didn't have, you know, I think the last performance was outstanding. His activity was great. But I think, like, obviously, Chantel was, you know, it's, it's almost potentially a tie between Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron. I mean, you know, Chantel Cameron's performance to win the first fight was incredible. But I just feel that Katie's comeback, you know, when her absolute career was on the line. To win that second fight it was it was an incredible performance. So yeah, probably those three. Okay, and, and out- then outside of my stable, I would say a Yeah, I would say Terence Crawford. You know, although he only had one fight, didn't he? I think in the year, but were, still. I mean, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like if you're fighter of the year, you should be having more than one fight. I don't know. It depends on what the win is, though, doesn't it? I mean, if it's a that was quite Who a
0: else? win.
1: Hmm. I mean, someone like, it may not really be, like, the popular choice. I'm not saying he beat elite people, but I like the activity. And in terms of being in great fights, I'd I'd even put, like, a Navarrete up there or something like that. You know, like, always in exciting fights, even one when he wasn't even in shape, but come through it. And, you know, his last fight against Valdez, Shakur Stevenson, great fighter, you know.
0: Okay, who was your promoter of the year for 2023? And no, you can't name yourself.
1: Promoter of the year in the UK, yeah, Frank Warren.
0: Fucking promoter fuck. of
1: the it's great to hear well, obviously his... outside of us, and promoter of the year in America, PBC, yeah, I mean, promotional. Company, or whatever you want to call them, yeah. I think I think I know that the back end of, of 2024 and obviously losing Showtime wasn't ideal, but like on the whole, I think they've had a great, great year.
0: Can I ask you a question? Would, would you have put if I allowed you to put yourself in there, would you just have named you?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. Mm. Um, fight of the year,
1: I really. I mean, on our shows, I really like Cordina Rakimov. I thought it was an unbelievable fight over 12 rounds. You know, drama of the year, probably Wood Warrington. Taylor Cameron, too, was a great fight. Um, outside of my shows, fight of the year. What are they saying? What? What are they saying? A lot of people are saying Haney Lomachenko, I think. Mean, yeah. Again, I would say mine. Upset of the
0: year. It's got to be the other day, isn't it? Or not?
1: Was that really a big Parker, upset? Parker Walder. Was that
0: that me, big of an upset, though?
1: For me, no, that was wasn't that a back massive upset. I mean, he was the outsider. Do you know what I mean? But I'll tell you that the one of the upsets of the year for me was Jericho Quinn against Peter McGraw. Yeah. But I know that was on the undercard of, of yeah. the show, but I thought that was a stunning defeat, to be honest with you. Um Who else? I mean, Jose Felix against Gary Cully. That was a massive shock on the night. Callum Smith against Artur Beterbiev. Incoming. Would be a shock, mate. Well, not really. I mean, I think he's an outsider, but he's an outsider. But he's an... It wouldn't be
0: a, a shock. It's like
1: I do think he's going to win. Come on, Smith.
0: Right, um, moron of the year, twenty twenty-three. What? Yeah, you heard. Mora. moron of the
1: year. 2023. Oh, moron. Thomas Hauser.
0: Oh yeah, I was going to actually ask about that. God, I wasn't calling mate. Thomas Hauser moron, but I was going to ask you about. His interview. I watched a little snippet he did. I think it was... With... I mean, I haven't watched it. I think a lot
1: of it, a lot of people go, no, he was talking sense because he was moaning about boxing shooting itself in the foot. But I just listened to the bit. Don't forget, this is a guy that recently wrote an article in The Guardian about how brain damage exists in sport. And I don't know, AJ, but I think he needs to retire ASAP. I'm like, what? Like, not spoken to him. Never seen him train or spar. And then he comes out with one of the best performances of his career. And he's like, well, he was supposed to do that to Otto Wilding. Who said he was going to do that to Otto Wilding? Like a complete mismatch and beat the shit out of him inside six rounds. Like, there weren't many people. Yeah, no, I didn't. And then this this geezer comes out and goes, oh, yeah, well, Otto Wilding. Who's Otto Wilding? Yeah, the same guy that probably should have beaten Tyson Fury. Just beaten Gassiev away. Like, never lost. And I'm not saying he was a favourite to beat AJ, but no-one expected AJ to run through him like that. Anyway. Yeah, him. But, honestly, just needs... What's that now, Just needs to stop. Just stop. Finish. Go.
0: Okay.
1: Victor Conte is another one. He can, he can get one on the uh, on the list.
0: Okay. What, has he said something today? What? Has he said something today? Or is it no, just... every day. Every oh,
1: yeah.
0: day. Ooh. Um... Right, I do need to ask you about this. Um, so, this went, obviously, uh, had a lot of traction yesterday uh, or the day before, I think. USA Boxing um, are now adding um, trans- gender policy to their new rule book for 2024, um, which allows boxers to transition from male to female and to compete in the female category under certain conditions. Your thoughts, Eddie?
1: I mean it's one that corporately people always want you to stay pc on and just you know let's be honest in my opinion anyone born male should not be competing in a boxing ring with a female that's my opinion yeah agree now I have read through and I've I, again I need to read deeper into but why are we actually getting ourselves involved with, yes, but what we'll do is we'll start testing all these testosterone levels. And if they're below a certain amount, then this opens up this door. This opens up, like, why are we going down that route? And I appreciate sport has to be all inclusive and there should be no barriers to entry. But the reality is you're not talking about a game of golf. You're not talking about a game of tennis. You're talking about a physical fight. And I don't know enough about the science, but in my opinion, if you are born male, you should not be having a competitive fight in the sport of boxing with a female. But I don't know enough about, you know, I just, I read it. And I just think, why are we complicating ourselves with this decision? You know, and also, there are enough females out there trying to, you know, take these opportunities that it may open the door for someone to, you know, get an edge or progress their career, in it, and, and that might not be physically fair in them doing so. And if I don't know again the science of yes, but if testosterone levels are this high that there is no actual physical edge or advantage, is there? But again, why are we complicating ourselves? It's just, it's, it's more simple than that. And I understand the world is changing. And I know we have to keep changing. We have to keep evolving. But in my opinion, that's my position.
0: How dangerous could this potentially be?
1: Well, very, very, I mean, again, I don't know. The scientists might say, well, actually, it's not, there is no physical advantage if the testosterone levels are a certain amount. But can you alter those testosterone levels? Will people look to do it? What do you take to change those testosterone? Again, I, I don't really know. I'm just saying, don't complicate it. You know, especially in boxing. And I appreciate in other sports where there may not be, especially where there's a physical advantage to do harm in boxing, like in a dangerous sport. I just think, you know, but a lot of that, those policies stem from the IOC's policies as well. If you actually read the document from USA Boxing, Know is well. Actually, we're following the rules set out by the IOC. So, yeah, boxing, in my opinion, is very different to curling or you know shooting. It's it's a physical advantage that could be very dangerous in the ring.
0: You have announced Conor Ben's next fight, which will take place uh, in America on the third of. February at uh, the Cosmopolitan uh, against Great. Dobson um, yeah it took me through I've seen a bit of a mixed reaction um, to it um, you were never yeah, gonna I mean win. we had you yeah. were never going to win Pete... fighting Eubank no like no, they're making it Eubank yeah, Pete, Peter
1: Dobson who we've had lined up for three big fights now and have all fallen through no fault of his own you know we had five weeks to go to announce this fight I like Dobson he's got plenty of balls he's 17 and oh. Um, he's a hundred and fifty-four pounder. He'll absolutely give his right arm to win this fight. I like the fight. I expect Connor to do a job on him. And then we're gonna get him straight back out in what looks like April or early May in a really big fight. and he needed to get active. You know, we got let's say we got messed around because I think that's unfair to Junior, but we got we couldn't make the fight. Um so, therefore, we were left with a limited amount of time to make the fight on February the 3rd. I said that was always the date that we were going to go. It will take place in America, but we'll do it. We're doing it actually as an afternoon show, something very funky for the UK fight fans who are in Vegas and who are going to be watching at home. But that will be prime time the UK. And, um, you know, we, we expect a big night. I'm down to 10%. percent i my battery. So, you've got about another four or five minutes.
0: Okay. Uh, Johnny Fisher's on the card?
1: Yeah, massive. I mean, you know, there's other, there's a couple of other Essex boys as well on the card. And like I said, we're going to do something a little bit funky for the fight fans on, on February 3rd in Vegas. So the, the Romford Bull Army, book your tickets. Conor Ben fans, book your tickets and some others to be announced to the card as well. But, you know, we'll, we'll allow you to uh, watch the fights and then we'll be arranging something fun for you straight after. Just going back to that Eubank situation. Did you say you wasn't messed around by Eubank? I thought that's what you said. I I mean, I would only say we were messed around because he was—he, in my opinion, was wrong not to take the offers that were on the table. So, but I guess we weren't messed around because he didn't want to take him. So there's nothing, you know. It wasn't like he accepted and then, you know, didn't sign the contract. We just never. Agreed terms for the fight, so you know I just feel like he should have, but now he just has to wait for Conor Ben because he ain't going to fight anyone else. He's not going to fight um, the middleweight world champion for a quarter ben. of the money. Yeah, a quarter of the money that he was fighting Conor Ben for. So, yeah.
0: Ed, there was a lot of speculation about kind of where you were out with kind of your figures and numbers with what. Eubank wanted and what you were uh, offered and there's reports saying that like it was not double but not far off double what you were offering and was a guarantee to what he actually wanted, is that
1: true or not? Yeah, pro- probably I think initially yeah, I mean um, already the initial offer was a lot more than he was making for the first fight but in his opinion, you know, he said to me, well you said this was the biggest fight in British boxing history, I said look I'm a promoter, I say a lot of things but yes it was a monster fight but if you think it's as big as that, you need to back yourself as well with the numbers. And the guarantee was huge. Like He's never going to make money like that. And I do think the fight will happen because now he's going to sit there and go, right, what are my options? And then think, basically, I've got to fight Connor Ben. But sometimes with Chris, he takes it down to the wire. And by then, it's too late. Do you think that fight will still happen this year? Yes, I do. But obviously, connor has got to do a job on Dobson first. All right, just a quick few things just to run through. Have you spoken to Dilliam White? What's happened with Dillian White? Like, is- No, is- I spoke to him a few weeks ago. He messaged me. He said you know, he hopes to have some news coming soon. I have no idea what that is. But, you know, I think it's about time that he come out and let everyone know what's going on. But he will return this year at some
0: point, possibly? I or- don't know, do we? I, don't, I
1: have no idea. No idea what's gone on. No idea what the found- findings have shown. No idea on the work that he's been doing behind the scenes. So we'll wait and hear from him. OK. Uh, what about Billy Joe? Have you spoke to him? Yeah, I spoke to him. I mean, training away, you know, I think with Billy, it's difficult for him to stay focused on a date if you don't have a date, you know. Um, and then over Christmas, I'd still like to see him come back around sort of February, March time. And, and we really need to make that move because if you don't, it's going to be, what, coming up to three years that you'll be out of the rink. So, um, you know, keen to see him back as soon as possible. John Ryder, big opportunity for John Ryder. Um, Massive, in- you know, January 27. We've got a great show in Belfast, by the way. Crocker against Felix. Um, we've also got Tommy McCarthy against Chev. Great fight. Um, Paddy Donovan on the card. Um, Sean McComb on the card as well. And then the same night, it's a header with Jaime Mungir against John Ryder and Phoenix. Brilliant fight. I think John's going to do it. I really do. You know, I thought he really grew in confidence in the Canelo fight. And I, I do see him winning that fight.
0: All right. Well, look, I, I do appreciate you abroad. Is that is that a green
1: screen behind you? Or is that are you actually somewhere? Yeah, no, I'm I'm in Basildon at the minute, mate. In um in Dominoes, uh, but I just put this thing up behind me. So yeah, is no, my I'm um, Basildon, All
0: right, don't forget. I'm
1: a, few, I'm a few hours behind you, so you'll be you'll be celebrating New Year's before me, and uh, have a good one. Yourself, have a good one, everyone, listening and following. Twenty twenty three done. I'm not really a New Year's Eve man, to be honest with you. Like, it's just another day. I'm looking forward to 2024. I never really put a line for anything. It's just, for me, it's just one, one line. You know, well, that's the year over. scrap that. No, no, no. We learned. We grew. We'd be better. The only thing you need to concentrate on is having a better year than you did last year. But it's all a journey. And I wish everybody a blessed one. Good health for 2024. Work hard. Work on your health physical and mental and be happy.
0: All right, Eddie, thank you very much. Uh yeah, I did want to waffle on, but I'm not gonna, because I do appreciate you no. taking time out on New Year's Eve. That's fine. Uh, quick one, Canelo
1: this year. Who knows? Who knows? We'd love to work with him again. I think he's got a big year coming up and we'll see what twenty twenty four brings. All
0: right, Eddie, I will um I'll speak to you when you're home, Eddie.
1: I will it. do. It won't be long. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get together in the office. Absolutely. Eddie
0: Hearn, Happy New Year. Uh, thank you very much. And yeah, we'll see you when you're back, mate.
1: Happy New Year. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast
0: Network.